Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Yoga Biz Podcast. Today, I'm going to be touching on an interesting topic that is not super clear cut. And that is what to do when you get in your own head about teaching. This topic has been on my mind for a lot of reasons. I'm reading a really interesting book right now on language and the way that our language affects people and influences people, whether we know it or not. And I've found that in this journey of reflecting on my own language, I've gotten in my head a little bit in my teaching and facilitating and truly just the way that I've been running my business has really changed because I've really gotten in my head. I also have a guest coming on the podcast soon who has had a similar experience and has actually stepped away from teaching because he feels so in his head about his impact on people. So if you feel like you can relate to that in any way, shape, or form, whether you're a brand new teacher or you're, you've been teaching for a while and you're just learning and growing and sometimes you get in your head, hopefully this episode will make you feel seen and heard and maybe give you some tips on how to move forward. Welcome to the Yoga Biz Podcast, the number one podcast for bite-sized business advice for yoga teachers. If you're just getting started building out a marketing and business plan for your yoga business, you're in the right place. Now, before we get started, make sure you head down to the show notes and download my free content planning and strategy training with a free template. And make sure you hit subscribe on wherever you're listening to this podcast so you don't miss any new episodes. All right, welcome back to the Yoga Biz Podcast. I am tuning in from Florida today, so if my voice sounds a little bit different, I'm using a different microphone, a little travel microphone. But I felt like this topic was an important one to dive into, so I didn't want to skip this week, even though I am on vacation. I feel like when I step away and I go on vacation, I tend to have these kinds of thoughts pop up even more. So when you step away from work, I feel like there's a lot of clarity that comes through, which is probably why we should all step away from work more often. (laughs) But as I mentioned earlier, I'm reading a book on language, the way that our language impacts people, influences people. And in the book, she discusses, the author, Amanda Montel, discusses some really like extreme examples of how language can influence people in really harmful, destructive ways. And also a lot of examples of how people can use language to influence people in really positive, wonderful ways. And the reason I'm reading this book right now is because me and Allie are gearing up to lead another round of our trauma-informed teacher training for yoga teachers and wellness professionals. And a big part of what we talk about is being trauma-informed in your teaching isn't just about, you know, offering modifications, offering different variations of poses. It's really about how we show up as a whole inside our business, whether you teach in a studio, whether you take on private clients, whether you're hosting a retreat, our language and our behaviors really impact people, you know, the way that we influence people into working with us, the way that we influence people into how they work with us, in what capacity, when they work with us, really does matter. And for anyone out there who's ever felt like they've been pressured into working with someone or buying something, most likely you can trace that back to some type of manipulative language. Also, some of you might have had really positive experiences being gently encouraged 
to buy something or work with someone. And most likely you can trace that back to the language that was used. So how do we think about this in a kind and productive way in the context of being a yoga teacher? And I want to mention that the first first thing I want to say is that none of this process is about being self-critical. That's really important to note. But I sent an email out to my email list. If you're on my email list, you got this email. And I asked all of you, what type of language are you trying to retire from you know, your everyday language? What, what types of words and phrases are you looking to retire? And I got so many responses. I got to be honest. It's, it's one of the emails that has gotten the most responses. And if you didn't respond, you're still you know, welcome to respond. I would love to hear. But I heard a lot of people not only give examples of language that they're looking to move away from in their teaching, but they also gave a lot of personal stories and examples of why that is. Um, someone in my audience mentioned that she had a certain type of cancer. And when she would talk about it openly, people would say, oh, well, it could have been this type of cancer. So at least you have the good kind. Or count your blessings. You have so much to be grateful for. And that experience, not to speak for this person, but what I, what I, what I got out of their email was that experience changed the way that she thought about those types of phrases because those phrases can be really toxic. Those phrases can make you feel worse. And now moving forward, you know, maybe she'll be a little bit more intentional when she says, you know, oh, you have so much to be grateful for. Oh, well, it could be so much worse. Because so many of us say things like that with really, really good intentions and often in contexts that are, you know, helpful, but sometimes they're not. So just being more mindful about you know, how people's language make us feel can really help us move forward a little bit more intentionally. I also had a lot of people respond and say they're going to start trying to move away from saying things like, I should do this, or you're so lucky that you do that. Because now as teachers, we get that a lot, you know, oh, you're so lucky that you just get to teach yoga all the time without really knowing people's circumstances, you know, or how hard they worked to get there. And maybe instead adjusting that language to be a question, asking people, how do you like teaching? Or how did you get so consistent with your yoga practice? I really admire what I see. And sort of acknowledging that what you see might not be the whole story. And so I want to thank everyone who responded to my email because I feel like I've had a lot to reflect on with reading everyone's stories. So I want to dive into what happens when you start to go on maybe this journey of thinking about language and that might, you know, start right here with this podcast, or maybe this is something you've thought about before, but anytime you dive into a new topic, it's natural to then feel very hyper aware of it. We see this in our trauma informed training. When someone says something like, oh, I've been saying this in class for years, And we have an open discussion about ways that you can maybe tweak that to be supportive to a larger group of people. And those teachers or those facilitators tend to get in their head about it. You know, something that you've been saying or like if you've been opening up class the same way for many years or if you've been using the same marketing language for many years, it's not going to be easy to switch it up. But that's part of the growth process. So there is a transition period where you start to feel hyper aware of yourself and you get in your own head. And I personally 
you you all like if i'm gonna be totally honest with all my listeners here i have felt that over the last like five months just hyper aware as i've really voluntarily gone on this journey to make sure that i'm growing and changing in a positive more supportive way i feel like i'm hyper aware of how i'm showing up and that's really uncomfortable so i want to mention first and foremost that like it's really uncomfortable because i have walked into yoga classes started out meditations even you know gotten into sales conversations with potential clients i felt a little shaky you know almost like i'm a beginner again like i'm a new teacher and i'm stumbling over my words and maybe overthinking things and i think number one that's really uncomfortable um to feel like things feel a little bit unsteady um, and you don't feel as confident. And I think sometimes that discomfort can lead to a lot of people feeling frustrated and maybe wanting to avoid those feelings. I've had a couple of conversations with people about mostly in, in the context of maybe joining our trauma-informed training. And some people have really gotten frustrated and said like, everyone's just trying their best. You know, as long as you're just mindful, that's the best you can do. And I think I think there's a middle ground there. I think that sometimes our best is our best in the moment, but that doesn't mean that there's not room to grow. But that growth can be really uncomfortable. So, you know, say you've been opening up class the same way for many, many years. And someone says, you know, maybe there's a more supportive way that you can open up class to give people more permission to honor their bodies, to listen to themselves, you might feel like, you know what? I'm doing my best. This is the best that I can do. This is the best that I that I have. And if I change that up, I'll just feel so off balance. It'll just be too hard for me. So I want to challenge that notion. I want us all to get uncomfortable. I want us all to just sink back into that beginner mindset and think about how we can grow, even if that means that there is a period of transition. And that's the period that I'm in right now. So just knowing that you're not alone in that. I have had multiple studio classes lately where I have stumbled over my words because something that I wanted to say just on autopilot automatically that I've been saying for many years was about to slip out of my mouth. And I rethought it, took a moment to rethink it and adjusted that. And I know that that's going to get easier but right now it feels really uncomfortable. And it's the same way with our marketing and our sales. Like it really truly is. It might feel totally separate, but when I teach about trauma-informed sales, I talk about how giving people enough time to adjust their budget, to talk to their loved ones, to really process and think about signing up for you know whatever it is that you're selling, a retreat, a private package, Giving people enough time is part of being kind in your marketing. And some teachers, studios, whoever it might be, might get more sales by really saying like, hey, you have one week to sign up. It's last call. It's this is that. And there's not really necessarily anything inherently bad or wrong about that. But what I teach is that there's maybe a kinder way, a gentler way to give people time without creating this like false urgency and making people, you know, almost panic and then have to make a decision that maybe isn't super thought out. And so maybe just rethinking adding a week or two of 
marketing materials of time for people to process. And I want to acknowledge that that's more work on our part as business owners. I think that's why a lot of us resist it because that involves a little bit more planning. I always say like, if you're selling something high ticket, you need to give people like at least 30 to 40 days to process and think about your offer. If it's something that's a little bit like in the middle, something in like, you know, a couple hundred dollars, you might want to give people like two or three weeks. But as the business owner, that means that we need to sit down and plan out our marketing materials a little bit more in advance. And that can be really uncomfortable for those of us who are used to just putting our offers out into the world and saying like, hey, you have one week to enroll. Here's the deadline. Go for it. So moving into this next piece, because I want to just encourage and challenge everyone, including myself, to rethink and challenge the ways that, you know, the way that you've always been doing things and get uncomfortable and just learn a little bit more about yourself. And then the next piece of that is being really, really, really compassionate because it's not going to be perfect. It's truly not going to be perfect (laughs) by any means. Um, I honestly feel like that's the biggest piece of all of this. There's a reason that when Allie and I run trauma-informed trainings, we have a lecture every week and then we have an hour every week of just processing time where we talk through like what we got out of the lecture, what came up for us, what came up for us personally, but then also what came up for us in terms of like some things that, some changes that we might want to make and working through the feelings of that being scary and that being uncomfortable. And then moving forward out of that, not being afraid to change some things up. Not being afraid to adjust your language, knowing that sometimes it's not going to be perfect. Sometimes it's not going to be super clear. You're still going to be getting into the groove adjusting your marketing strategy, the amount of time that you give people to sign up, the amount of reminders that you send. That's another topic that I love to talk about is once someone signs up for something, setting them up for success in terms of giving them a fair amount of reminders to prepare themselves, to show up, to do all these things. Like I send out an email about two and a half weeks before every one of my programs start saying, here's what you need. Because sometimes, you know, sometimes there's like, you know, a book that you need to buy or a journal that you might need, or um, you might just need to carve out the time on your calendar. And that's like a thing that takes time and planning. Um, But I like to give enough time for people to get their bearings and get settled. And I think that's hard too to remember to do and to, you know, actually sit down and give people that time and that space. All right. Last, but certainly not least, is having people that you can talk to about this. Like truly, I think I say this in like every single episode ever, but just never go through this stuff alone. Never go through this stuff alone. I have had teachers come to me in like my local community and say, I'm so in my head about teaching. I don't know what to do. And I always say like, I actually always joke that we need to have like a yoga teacher support group where we all get together and we just talk through the struggles of teaching, learning, growing, 
getting in your head about stuff, stepping away, stepping back, like just normalizing the concept that this journey is not linear. And just again, normalizing that when you do dive into a new topic, when you dive into something new, you might start to become hyper aware of it and just moving through it with compassion, acknowledging that growth and having people that you can talk to about it, not just running on autopilot, not just letting things unfold the way that they always have, because that's how the industry stays stagnant. That's how any, anything stays stagnant. If we use the excuse, well, this is how I've always been doing it. That's a good way to just stay complicit in whatever harm we might be causing, whether we know it or not, whether we have good intentions or not. So I want you to know that you're on this journey, not alone, whether you feel like you, you are alone or not. And I would love to hear your thoughts, your feelings about this topic. So send me a DM on Instagram at Meg underscore San Gimino, and I would love to continue this conversation or email me yoga at MegSanGimino.com. And let's keep this conversation going. And again, thank you to everyone who responded to my email and shared personal stories, thoughts about language. I felt like that was really, really helpful and gave me a lot to think about. If anyone out there is looking to sign up for our trauma-informed training, go down to the show notes. You can find all the information there. We start March 21st and my DMs and Allie's DMs are open for questions if you have any at all. All right, friends, thanks for being here. Thanks for sticking around. And if you have any yoga teacher friends who you think would benefit from this conversation, from this topic, go ahead and send them this podcast episode. That's how I keep this podcast growing and thriving. So thank you all so much. See you back here on the Yoga Biz Podcast next time.